play them on the money line, and then roll it over every single time they win. Way out of here. Oh, goodness. The last seven games in which they've come in with rest have all gone under. For three, got it! Two and a half seconds to go. Plus 115, the price I paid for this, the I like it. Makes the catch at the 10, and he's in for a touchdown. This is Behind the Bets, the podcast. Welcome into the latest Behind the Bets podcast. We are taping this on Wednesday, August 18th. The football season is alive and well. Preseason week one is in the books. We got week two beginning tomorrow. College football gets going a week from Saturday with week zero, a handful of games. And we're going to talk college football season win totals coming up with a friend of mine, pro better in Vegas the last couple decades. First time on the pod here. Jay Romano is going to join me momentarily. Really sharp guy, really Good buddy, and uh, I hope everyone can glean some wisdom there. We're going to talk our favorite college win totals. We got about a seven or eight or nine. Some of his are favorite, but his favorite ones are not in the marquee. They're group of five. I have a couple um, power five ones to get through, and we're going to talk uh, some week one lines. So I wanted to do college football this week, even though it technically gets going next week. We'll do more NFL next week, and then college football previewing week one, heading into that first full weekend of college football games prior to Labor Day. So, or Labor Day weekend, I should say. So, uh, look, fun stuff across the board. We just had Summer League. We just had the Olympics. I'm back from vacation. Uh, we're the home stretch here the summer before we get in to the uh, full and busy football season. Stop. Have a time. Excited about this next guest because I have been talking to him ever since I first moved to Las Vegas in the 2000s. And good to get him here on the program a gentleman I have picked the brain of many times, Jay Romano, pro better here in Las Vegas. Good to be with you, man. Thanks for having me, Doug. All right. Well, we, we finally broke the seal, got you on the pod, and I think it's a perfect situation to do college win totals because the board has been hit pretty hard, but there's still a lot of opportunities out there, and we're, we're obviously the calendar has turned to mid-August, so we are ready to go. Uh, football season's right around the corner. So I know there's a lot of um, – uh, plays you like a little bit off the grid, but I want to start with the marquee ones. And it's the one that's my favorite of them all. And I've talked about it a few times on daily wager. I believe I've even mentioned it here on the podcast, but I am very, very big on Auburn under seven. Now the juices move. Some shops are six and a half. Uh, if you want to go six and a half plus money, that's fine. It's just so tough when you get the push at seven. So uh, I prefer the seven with the juice and it all comes down to the schedule. Not the only reason, but the schedule's, Really, really difficult. And um, I mean, look, you got Bama, you got AM, you got Georgia. I don't think there's any chance Auburn wins those games. I know rivalry game and War Eagle and all that stuff with the with the Iron Bowl, but I, it's just Auburn is rebuilding and they have a new coach, Brian Harson, coming in from Boise State. And Bo Nix is just not materialized into the quarterback that everyone thought he would be. Maybe a new OC, Mike Bobo will unlock it. I'll just kind of have to see it to believe it. So in addition to Bama, Georgia and AM, they're at LSU. They have Ole Miss at home. Um, you know, and at Arkansas. And then it's just there's just tough spots here. And it's a team that's gonna be lacking on offense. Defense will be their calling card. So I think I don't see how they go eight and four to lose this play. Well, first off, I would definitely recommend um, playing the seven, laying the juice. In this situation, I'm almost always gonna lay the juice versus taking maybe plus 110, plus 120 on the under. It's definitely worth the extra half a game. I'm actually high on Auburn this year. However, 
I completely agree with you. The schedule is brutal. There's just no breathers for them. I, I think Bo Nix could, you know, have an improvement this year. They can play well. It's just there's just not enough wins on the schedule. It really looks like their ceiling is seven. It's just, you know, when you, like you said, when you go to Texas A&M, have to play Alabama, at LSU, home against Georgia, and then at Penn State week three. It's just. You yeah, can, I forgot about the Penn State game. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the whiteout yeah. game in Happy Valley. Yeah. And on look ahead lines, they're between four and a half and seven and a half point underdogs. Um, so they can exceed expectations and still not go over this win total. Yeah, no, it's a lot to ask. It's, it's certainly a lot to ask. But you're, so you're high on Auburn. That'd be interesting. So maybe uh, as a dog in a lot of spots throughout the season. So I know you have some plays as well. Uh, but Notre Dame under nine. Talk about not soft spots on the schedule. That, that certainly stands out when you look at the Irish. Yeah, the, the thing with them, again, is schedule, schedule, schedule. Um, you know, I know they're a top 10 ranked team coming into the season, but it is just absolutely unforgiving. Week in, week out, starting at Florida State, where they opened about a 10.5, 11-point favorite, it's down to 7.5, 8. That's not going to be an easy task going into Joe Campbell on a standalone game and a national televised audience week one with a new quarterback. Um, Jack Cohn was named the starter earlier this week, was up and down at Wisconsin, played well in time, but we'll, we'll have to see how he adjusts there. Um, Notre Dame is starting four new offensive linemen. They returned two starters on offense. It's, it's a little early in the season. Um, for that type of a test. So not only would I look to Florida state um, plus the points week one, just a little bonus pick right there, but the under nine for the season feels like a pretty safe option. Right. And when you say safe, it's like push it worse kind of thing. And that's what you have to, you know, look, it's no one's, it's never, it's never fun to tie up money for several months and then get your money back kissing your sister. Right. As they say at the blackjack table, but you have to play the, kind of advantages, so to speak. And if it's, look, they got Wisconsin at home, they're Cincinnati at home, USC, Carolina. I mean, they're at home, at least. They do have to go to Virginia and Stanford at the end of the season, which I thought was interesting that you mentioned. Stanford's not much as expected this year. I believe a win total of four, but by the last game of the season, there'll be a much improved unit. And who knows, right? If Stanford's, excuse me. They could start the season the same way they end, on the road as a favorite of seven and a half, eight-ish, both very dangerous games, both um, tough opponents. David Shaw getting a full season to coach that team up. And especially if Notre Dame isn't in national title contention, that could be a letdown spot. And this is another one of those spots like Auburn where I said, I like to lay the juice under nine versus taking an eight and a half plus money. And I'm glad you mentioned sort of that letdown spot. We see it all the time in college football, those national championship contenders soon as they lose that one game, maybe mid-season, that next game usually is a very apathetic performance. Now, with the college football playoff and four teams getting to go instead of two to the championship uh, bracket, if you will, we haven't seen it as much. But you, there are times where there you, you know, there's those schools that have to be – because last year, right, we had an abbreviated season, conference play only. Let's not forget, week in, week out, a school like Notre Dame is going to get a lot of people's best shot going to Lane Stadium, you know, in the middle of October is not a layup. So things like that 
to bring your best. So, so for them to go 10 and two, and if they do, so be it, I'll take the loss, but I, I certainly support that cause. I'm glad you brought that one up. One you mentioned to me, I was kind of surprised is Penn state under nine. Now I'm no James Franklin defender. He tends to blow some games, but this is a Penn state team that um, many people are high on. You know, it, it isn't an indication of him. It, it's a really high total for what it is. And you know, I don't mean to keep beating the same drum about the schedule, but they start off at Wisconsin. They got to go to Iowa. They played Michigan at home, at Ohio State, and at a tough Maryland team who's pulled some big upsets the last couple of years in back-to-back weeks. It just doesn't set up well for them. Um, you know, I've talked to some people with the program. They're not completely sold with Sean Clifford. Um, I'm just not really sure how high his ceiling is and if he, you know, if he has the talent or wherewithal to take the next step to lead them. It's a tough schedule and they typically get the most out of their roster, but asking for 10 wins once again, that's a tough ask. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned, um, sort of, uh, Maryland. Cause I think the middle of the big 10 has gotten a lot better. If you want to put Maryland in that grouping, there's no longer just doormats. Um, I mean, there are, but. Uh, some of the other schools have improved. Maryland is the first one that comes to mind. You mentioned Iowa on the Penn State schedule. That's another total I want to go to. And this is one you got brought to my attention. This, is, this has become my second favorite play of, of all the college football win totals. And I just, I just think, this, and again, like you said, you don't want to harp on it, but it's all about the schedule, right? I mean, I think that's the key. When, you know, we talked Georgia that doesn't get BAM in the regular season this year. That's a big deal. And so for me, the Iowa schedule – there are just no layups on there, really. Look, and, and uh, we had Greg McElroy on the program a couple weeks ago. He likes Iowa as a sort of a sleeper, and he brought up that, you know, Iowa State in that rivalry game. Yeah, they're top 10 in this opening poll, but Iowa State has won five straight meetings with the, Cy- with the Hawkeyes in the, in the Cyhawk Trophy rivalry game, and their defense is just not suited to fit against an Iowa team that's going to try to win the trenches. So that totally makes sense, and maybe Iowa upsets there, in Ames, but the rest of the schedule, I mean, you have home games against Indiana, Purdue, Minnesota, traveling to Maryland, Northwestern, and Nebraska. Now, some of those games, like the Northwestern game, might be a repeat of last year's slobber knocker and just a grind one, you know, one of these like 15, 14 games. But it's just a lot to ask Iowa that also has to face Penn State and Wisconsin. So to go nine and three, I mean, if they do it, great. Look, they always overachieve, but I'm going to have to play the under eight and a half here. I have all the respect in the world uh, for Kirk Friends and what he's done with that program and how much he gets out of it every year. And I've also noticed that it, they, their team seems to be ascending toward the end of the season, while some maybe other teams are kind of mailing it in, not necessarily tanking, but you know they're not bowl eligible or they don't really care about the Poland or Weed Eater Bowl or whatever they're going to go to. And if you look early on, week one, right there, home against Indiana. That line, by the way, has calmed down tremendously. It's down to three and a half. It was five and a half, six at, at open. If they drop that game and then have to travel to Ains the next week, which Iowa State has outplayed them, I don't even know how many seasons in a row, and somehow smoke and mirrors, missed field goal, turnover, however you want to say it, Iowa has somehow beat them every year. I, I know there the was a muff punt in the rain one year. Oh, it just is a bingo card of ways 
that Iowa State has lost to them. It's just got to be maddening for them. Yeah, so that so since you peaked, piqued my interest on that one, that's become my second favorite total. But off outside of the Power Five and some of the marquee programs, you have some of your more favorite win totals. And I want to get into that because I want to let you kind of fire away on those. And we'll start with BYU, obviously a marquee program based on last year and their stud quarterback who went number two overall in the draft. But uh, it's next, next man up, so to speak, in Provo and may not be a similar success this season in your eyes. I don't think this season could be any more opposite to last year. They're trading in teams like Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, UTSA, Texas State, Northern Alabama for six Pac-12 opponents at USC, at Washington State, home against Arizona State and Utah. There's, There's not really much give right there. On top of that, week one... They're going to play a neutral site game. It's actually going to be in Las Vegas versus Arizona. Both schools travel really well. That line is down to about eight and a half, nine and a half now. Was as high as 14 early. Watch out, BYU. And that's just a friendly reminder, like we talked about with Notre Dame and Florida State. Like these games... You know, I know you factor in the money line and all this, but just it's just hard to bang them out. Um, you know, if you look at a combined money line parlay of all these, you know, their favorite eight games, eight by eight points in like four or five games, they're not going to win them all. So it's really hard to bet over when you have such a doubt with some of these schools. All right, so a little bit more off the reservation, going to the MAC. We all love some MAC shit midweek, but you want a rooting interest to begin the season with uh, Buffalo. Yeah, a lot of people have heard what's happened there with Lance Leopold leaving uh, mid-off season to take the job at Kansas. Not only has he left, but he has just absolutely pillaged this roster. He's taken 12, 12 guys off of the two deep to Kansas with him. So they are left with three guys that, that played last year on offense as starters and three guys on defense. They have brought in a couple of you know, mid-level transfers, but this is going to be a team that you will not recognize. Brand new coaching staff, brand new expectations. About two months ago, they were the odds-on favorite to win the MAC. Plus 250, three to one. They're probably the fifth or sixth option right now. And if you go up and down that schedule, I don't think they're going to be a contender. No, it's that's been a big hot. story. I, and you, you mentioned it a lot. I, that's been the buzz right now. It's Buffalo under right a team that has performed well in the mac and that's sort of the team to beat a few years here and there just got totally depleted Absolutely. and it's a transfer portal world because of on the heels of covid the, a lot of transfers and the coach brings over a bunch of guys so it's interesting maybe kansas can win a couple of games you never know but um buffalo unders is something i've been hearing a lot from the uh betting community so another uh, couple of teams that you don't hear too much about let's go louisiana tech don't call them law tech louisiana tech Yes, this win total, it it was very bizarre when it first came out because I ran my numbers. I got them as a uh, coming out to about 6.74 wins. Um, They're available at four and a half, minus 125, um, a few different places. Locally, you might even find them at five over plus money. Um, You know, they start out at Mississippi State, but they've got a lot of what I would consider gimmies for them. Southeastern Louisiana home against North 
Texas, home against SMU, at UTEP, home against UTSA, at ODU. There's a lot of uh, winnable games on that roster, not even mentioning ending the season home against Charlotte, Southern Miss, and at Rice. This, this is a team that could surprise and wouldn't be shocked if they um, they had a shot to, to, to go to the title game. I mean, it, there's a lot of parity in the Conference USA. Yeah, and look, it's all about anticipating how things are going to unfold. And, you know, four and a half, think things, need, things need to not win. I'll tell you what, you know, five is – do you factor in, like, the bowl eligibility dangled carrot at all? I know people say that when, you know, school's five and a half, you know, you got to bet the over because they're going to be more incentivized late season, things like that with the bowl eligibility. Does that factor into it all? Or is it already baked into the number? I don't factor that in when I do my win totals. You know, I really try to keep my season wins and my game by game handicapping separate because kind of like I said earlier, I'm high on Auburn. I think they can be better than people expect. However, they might not win those games. It just means they're going to be more competitive and play better you know, participation trophy situation. Well, yeah, and I know so, some of the advanced lines, I want to say there was four games at the South Point on the advanced lines involving Auburn, and all four moved against when they opened. So others are correct. fading Auburn, at least on the opening numbers, not necessarily. So maybe you're saying there's value now, but I'm just curious from, uh, from you know, because that is the benchmark, right? Six wins to become bowl eligible. Okay, so you're on Louisiana Tech over Marshall, the thundering herd at seven and a half. This is, the, this is the cream of the crop. This is the best team in the conference, in my opinion. Uh, there's a lot of top-quality teams, but Marshall is bringing back almost everybody from their squad. they got almost everybody coming back. Um, I thought it would set a little low. It's seven and a half. I, I have them close to nine wins. I got 8.65. Um, kind of like I mentioned with Louisiana Tech, there's a lot of winnable games on that roster. And I don't think there's really any games they cannot win. I mean, they travel at Appalachian State. They might even be a favorite there. Um, at Florida Atlantic, they're probably a field goal favorite as of right now. So they're really maybe one, possibly two games they're going to be a dog in out of a 12-game season. I need to win eight. Sign me up. Yeah, you don't get the luxury of a push, but eight wins. So eight and four, which would be, you know, solid season or whatever. That's a winner there. Um Anything else standing out? Uh, South Florida, maybe? I know that's another one you liked. Yeah, that's one that, you know, it's really, I'm either going to be right or wrong on it. That's a team that has had a ton of talent, and they just keep picking the transfers from Florida. Miami, Florida State, UCF. I mean, their roster is loaded. Um, if they can put something together, their win total is, is minuscule. It's Three. Um, I got them winning possibly five games. And if things work out, they could possibly challenge for a bowl. I think it's a very, very safe play. And it's a, they, they have a high ceiling. They yeah, three's a push, there. too. So it takes two to lose. Yeah, they've been just kind of lying in wait for a while. Um, they've showed some flashes here and there, but they've gone through a couple different coaches. But they're a team that, that could really wake up. All right, good stuff. And before we let you go, <clears throat> obviously a lot of lines out for week zero, week one. Anything stand out to you that you really have circled and are excited about? I do. I have um, – I played East Carolina against Appalachian State. 
Um, the line's down, you know, it's 14, 14 and a half. It's down to about 10, 10 and a half now. I think double digits in that game is an extremely quality play. The key here is it's a neutral site game. They do not have to travel to Appalachian State. Neutral site, um, I think it would be pretty even, evenly fans. And Holt Nailers, which has to be his, what, ninth, tenth season there? I mean, this guy, he's challenging Chris Wanky for oldest player at quarterback. Um, Love it. He's shown, he's shown the ability to really put it together, score some points. If that defense can just, you know, limit, limit some big plays, I think they're going to have a chance to possibly spring the upset. Double-digit dog opening week. You like the upset potentially. And I know you're on Arizona, which is also a double-digit dog. Very similar circumstance. Neutral site game. And I got a team plus 12, 12 and a half. I think it's down to 11, 11 and a half now. And I know Arizona was horrible last year and they got most of the same roster back. I like the coaching staff. Win total two and a half. Yes. Win total two and a half there. You may find some twos out there, you know, in a long lost place. It wouldn't be the worst play in the world, but I I would think that they brought in Dom, um, Dom Brown who just a few years ago was probably the best coordinator in college football, Boston college, Michigan. If he can tighten up that defense a little, make it a little more attacking style. BYU, you got the Bromney brothers. That's their offense. Baylor and Gunny Romery, Romery. That's, um, I mean, you've already, yeah, you're already on them under for the season. So you're, we've established how you, how you feel towards them, so to speak. So you're getting double digits yeah, on a new situation. Yeah, the big at the big owl here in Las Vegas. It is, it is. And you know, Arizona typically travels really well, as does BYU. But uh, you know, if Arizona plays things right, it's early in the season. BYU, um, not real strong on defense. If Arizona takes care of the ball, I wouldn't be shocked if they got a chance to win that game. All right. And one team that I know you like for the season, but you also like in week one is Syracuse as well. And this is a team. You know, a little down last year, but just a few years ago, they beat Clemson and almost beat them again, lost by four. They had kind of an exciting offense. Uh, wasn't the case last year, but again, COVID season, things derailed for a lot of programs, and you like them here in week one and the over three if you can get there. In all fairness, I should say that I've been high on Syracuse the past couple of years, which doesn't really bode well for my reputation. However, they do still have Tommy DeVito at quarterback, and the problem last year is they were just absolutely, uh, you know, decimated on offensive line. They had a transfer that they were counting on a left tackle who was rolled ineligible from Florida right before the season started. They had a few injuries, and then you started having some COVID defections, and the season kind of got away from them. But they got playmakers on offense. They got a former five-star quarterback. Let's see what they can do. They're, they're playing an experienced Iowa, or Ohio team on the road, which is never easy going up against Solich, but I think the more talented team wins that game week one. They have Tommy DeVito as the quarterback that you mentioned. Last year, their offense was putrid. Average less than 300 yards per game. I mean, just think about all the offenses in college football and think about under 300 yards per game and just inept. And that offensive line was the big issue, right? But if they can yeah, short the offensive no line, confidence. yeah, then you can yeah. keep DeVito upright and he can do some, he can do some somewhat impressive things. And the bar is set pretty low for uh, with the win total of three. So maybe, maybe they get there and you like a minus one against uh, Ohio on the road. All right, my man. 
Really good stuff, as always. Uh, you know, I know that, but our listeners don't because it's the first time on the pod, obviously. So I'm glad I was able to share your uh, perspective on things and obviously gets us all really excited for the football season. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I don't win a lot. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Behind the Bets podcast. As always, we appreciate your loyalty and listening and subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. Really helps us with the analytics. Don't forget that uh, the Daily Wager podcast is back in full swing, or it never really left. Monday through Friday, weekdays, about noon Eastern or so, that we post, more like 12.15, 12.30, and get you set for that day's action. Daily Wager TV shows going a little early this week. Thanks to Jay Romano. Good stuff as always. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm going to try to get him back on down the road as well. And, uh, of course, some of our usual characters that we do during the football season and all throughout the calendar year. So thanks to everyone. We'll see you back here next week talking NFL.